Hello, everybody. Welcome to the first episode of the Clutch Love the Subs podcast, episode number one. I am your host, Clutch, real name Lamont Joyner. Right, let's get this thing started. I'm thinking about starting a podcast for quite some time. Um, I don't know what's going to be about. Actually, I do. It's going to be sports themed, obviously, because sports is pretty much <laughs> what I love. Huge basketball fan, huge football fan. I was trying to figure out what the first episode was going to be about. And why not on my favorite athlete of all time, Kobe Bean Bryant. May he rest in peace and all of the people that were tragically lost in the helicopter accident. Him, um, his daughter, and everybody else that was on the basketball team and the pilot as well that was on that chopper. Um, So I decided to do this uh, podcast on Kobe. As you can see from the title, um, is Kobe Bryant underrated? That's a hard question to answer. There's a lot of people that have Kobe as the best all time. There's even a lot of people, at least according to like Bleacher Report and ESPN. Though ESPN, their last rating had him ranked eight, but I remember like I don't know, like three years ago, he was ranked 14. So some, so some people have him outside the top 10, which I think is egregious. I personally think the answer to that question is yes, he is underrated, and I'm going to make my case why. Well, let me give you a little bit of background of myself in case you guys don't know. I'm a YouTuber out here, YouTube channel's called Clutch. Been doing a lot of videos on there for uh, Madden football and also NBA 2K basketball. So I became a Kobe Bryant fan. I actually missed the whole three-peat um, rage when they were going on. Back in those days, I was a casual fan of the Lakers because you know everybody loved Shaq, everybody loved Kobe ever since he came onto the scene, slam dunk contest winner and all that stuff. But once Jordan retired at the end of the 98 season, I mean, I was Iverson through and through. I mean, <laughs> I had cornrows back then, dreads as well, uh, the do-rag, the crossover, the handles, you know, everybody loved AI. But uh, for some reason, during the game two of the 04 finals, Lakers versus Pistons, I decided to tune in and actually watch intently and watch Kobe Bryant throughout the whole game to figure out why do people say this guy is so good? And sure enough, I mean, he had one of the greatest performances of his career in that game. I'm talking about pull up dribbles, I mean, pull up shots. Um, one dribble, mid range shot, two dribbles, turn around, fadeaways, left shoulder, right shoulder, three pointers, and it all ended. I believe they were what, down three. Uh, Rip Hamilton was on him off the dribble, hit a fadeaway three off of the left wing, hand in his face <laughs> over Rip Hamilton to send that game to overtime. Super clutch shot with like five seconds left to go in the game, and they win in game two. It was an amazing uh, performance. I encourage everybody to go on YouTube and type in Kobe Bryant game two oh four finals highlights. And ever since that moment, I was like, this dude is like <laughs> the best player in NBA. He definitely my favorite player to watch in basketball from now on and over the time to watching him throughout his career and how he approached the game. Um, he became my favorite athlete. So let me pull up some accolades real quick in terms of what this man has accomplished throughout his career. Hold with me right now while the Wikipedia page is loading up. Man, this man is a five-time NBA champion, spent the seven finals, two times finals MVP. I call him a two-time NBA MVP because he was clearly robbed in the 2006 season that year. 18 times All-Star. What is this? Um, 11, uh, 13, 15 times All-NBA with 11-time All-NBA first team, 12-time All-Defense with nine of those being on the All-Defensive first team. Two-time NBA scoring champion and uh, 1997 <laughs> slam dunk contest champion, they have here on the Wikipedia career highlights or awards. So, um, 
let me go and say something so everybody knows about the, the Mamba mentality and how his prowess at scoring points and how he played both ends. But I read the book Showbo, I believe last year, written by Roland Lazenby. I think that's how you pronounce the author's name. And um, I learned some things about Kobe Bryant that really showed how great he was. Let's go back to when it all started um, back in 1996. He came straight from high school. Now, that, that was at a time where it was rare for players to come from high school, especially if they didn't play center or a big man role. I mean, KG came out the year before, but he was a power forward. He came out at 6'11". Before that... Um, what Moses Malone came straight to the NBA from high school. Once again, he was a center. So Kobe set the mode, I believe, was one of the first guards to um, come out and make that jump. That was also the reason why he wasn't really highly touted as a high draft pick by most teams because the NBA was such a physical league. If you guys have watched the Last Dance documentary, you know what I'm talking about. Go back to the Game 6 in the 98 Finals. And just how physical they were in that game. Carl Malone and Dennis Rodman just elbowing random people just trying to pass through the paint. So they're thinking like some kid coming out of 18 still growing to his own body probably weighed like, I don't know, 190 pounds back then? Maybe. You know, was not going to be able to take the pounding. So why are you such a high draft pick? Might as well play it safe and get a center. Or, you know, that year they took Allen Iverson because you saw what he could do on the college level. So he was clearly going to be an amazing player, which he was. But, however, if you go back to the 76ers organization, there was um, some people in there that was strongly considering taking Kobe Bryant at number one when he worked out for them because he was just that good. In fact, um, the reason why Jerry West actually traded with Charlotte to get Kobe is because when he went to, to the workout, funny story, though, is that Kobe, he didn't even actually shoot well during that workout. But Jerry West just saw all the moves this guy had mastered as young as the age of 18. And he just knew all the hours it took to master all those moves and to do them out for an NBA tryout to show off his skills. Just knew the amount of work that he has put in and the amount of work that he was going to continue to put in once he was drafted. So West was sold after that. And then, you know, so they traded. I think he was drafted by Charlotte. They arranged that that trade for Divock for the uh, rights to, to the pick, whatever he was. I think it was pick 13. You know, and the rest is history. Um, let me go a little bit more into the beginning of his career. A lot of people say, I mean, you know what? Now what Kobe's what fourth all time and most points scored. But, you know, I strongly believe that he could have even scored more points. The funny thing is, is that, I mean, you know, it takes a team to win a championship. Like nobody can do it on their own. Nobody, whether you're Wilt Chamberlain, Bill Russell, LeBron, Jordan, nobody can do it on their own. And Kobe was blessed to actually land into a great situation in terms of his teammates. I mean, Shaq was there from day one. Shaq was, I mean, at that time, the best center in the league and was the best center until, I don't know, 2006, 2007. So Shaq is an all-time great player and also on a team that some people may have forgotten is you had an all-star point guard in Nick Van Exel, who was all-star caliber 96-97 and before officially made the all-star game in 98. You also had Eddie Jones, all-star shooting guard, who made the all-star games in 97-98, who Kobe Bryant had to play behind. So because he went to a good team and was 18 and was in at the moment in the nba back then it was like oh you need time to develop they didn't put 18 year olds or 19 year olds straight out to the nba as they do now and give them the ball and tell them to shoot a bunch of threes um so because of that like he really had to earn his stripes and further develop as a player because he had to beat out all stars to get to even get onto the floor and so and that's why because of that his like first three years of scoring um, aren't that much. I think it was like seven points and 15 points. And I think like 19 points after that before I guess they traded away Jones, I believe to Miami. I might be wrong, but I know that when it came down to the 2000 championship run, uh, Kobe was the starting shooting guard on that team. 
But it was also funny that I learned that some people may also not know the show how great Kobe was. Because when he they clashed, he actually clashed with the coach sometimes. The coach clashed with him because some people didn't, you know, they felt he was cocky and he was aloof because at that time he was an like introvert and all he truly cared about was basketball. Um, but if you look at some advanced metrics in his rookie season, Kobe had the second highest offensive production. The the person who had, who had first was Shaq. So you could even make an argument, even back in 96 when he was um, just a rookie at 18, that he could have started over Jones or over Van Exel, even as early as then, because he was just that good. And then once Phil got there, they were able to implement the like triangle. Um, and, you know, all the success about the triangle that Jordan Bulls had. And then I believe what what's his name? Tex, Tex Winter. He started it back in the 1960s. And the way it, it works the best is when you have a strong post presence. So Shaquille O'Neal, one of the strongest post presence of all time, is a great outfit to run the triangle. Um, also, Pal, you know, a really good post player, great outfit to run the triangle. But the funny thing about the triangle is that it, it actually hurts touches away from the guard players. So with the triangle, it definitely helped Kobe get his five championship rings. But if we were going to do some type of other type of simulation, and in terms of where he played his career, where he didn't have the triangle, where he was able to shoot as many shots as he wanted, <laughs> who knows how many points that would have happened. We kind of get a glimpse of this possibility in the 06 and 07 seasons. Yes, Phil is still there. Yes, they technically run the triangle. But throughout those two years, they didn't have any strong post players. There was another all-star on the team. Second best player on the team was Lamar Odom. He was a solid player. And, um... You know, it was technically they ran the triangle, but a lot of the plays they just <laughs> go, go get a bucket, go win the game, go ISO, and you saw the numbers that he put up that year. So I mean, yeah, the triangle helped them have success in terms of winning the five rings, but in terms of his numbers, he finished fourth all time with scoring. But it is just crazy to think about that he could have legitimately passed Kareem in scoring, like legitimately, if he went to a separate team and played in in a separate system. But as I say that, I do have to uh, fall back and say that there's also possibly a strong possibility that he would not have won five championships because like that is um, also very amazing. So, you know, you can't have it both ways. Let's see what else I have here in my outline to make sure that my thoughts are clear. Uh, we'll talk about the Phil Jackson and the triangle, you know, 2001, you know, that's when Kobe came of age and has put up crazy numbers in his prime. Everybody remembers um, what? In the 2001 finals, when Iverson crossed up Tyrone Lee and stepped over him, that was an amazing moment. I remember I was watching that game with my mother <laughs> on TV. You know, this is pretty funny. I watched so many of the like biggest sporting events in basketball or football history with my mom. I don't know why I remembered it because my mom's a sports fan too. But just so many games. I assume. I guess my dad was in it. I mean, he had to be. But I just really remember I was watching the game with my mom when Jordan hit the shot. In 98, in Game 6, I remember, um, once again, I believe it was 98, when the Minnesota Vikings went 15-1 and they lost to the Atlanta Falcons in the divisional round. Watching that game with, with my mom, I remember when Michael Vick, what, maybe 2002, when he had the overtime touchdown run against the Vikings. I watched that game with, with my mom. <laughs> there were just so many games, I just remember so many key moments. But I don't know, my mom just loves sports, so uh, <laughs> it is what it actually is. Um, other reasons why I believe Kobe is underrated. Let's see. Um, the hand check era, man. I mean, the hand check era was a real thing because what doesn't get talked about so much is the rules changes. When you, first of all, these are professional athletes that are 
immensely strong. So if somebody is allowed to put your hand on you, that can really restrict how you are allowed to move and they can guide you to where they want. Um, Gary Payton would say that like, yeah, if he could put his hand on like a guy's hip, he could guide them either left or right. So it would be easy to force that offensive player to whatever spot that Gary wanted him to go and it would be easier for him to play defense. The fact that he didn't have the hand check, um, he was imagining like, like, yeah, it would be a lot easier for the offensive players to score. So Kobe, of course, played in the non-hand check era. I think that rule got changed in the 2006 season. Um, but before that, he already played 10 years before in the hand check and put up crazy numbers starting in the year 2001. Um, not to mention, he had to play in the era where uh, they started playing zone. Zone was implemented in 2002. Um, when that first went down, T-Mac was like, he he joked and said, wow, I might as well re- retire. Because at that time, he was a pure slasher. And Kobe was like, no, nah, I'm just going to work on my jump shot even more. And then just crushing the league. Though T-Mac is an excellent player in his own right. I definitely have to give T-Mac a, a subject as well. Because he was, back in his heyday, Eye test will show you just as good as Kobe back when they're going at it, especially with Orlando Magic team. Man. Ooh, that jersey was so clean. Oh, man, oh, man, oh, man. Let's see. Let me, uh, else why he's underrated. If you look at the NBA today, it makes sense with the three-point shooting. The way I'm going to do this podcast is I don't want to bash on errors or I'm definitely not going to bash on players and avoid a lot of comparisons. But if you look at the NBA today, it makes sense with a three-point shot. If you're good at shooting a three, then take the three, especially if you're open or slightly early or slightly open. That's fine. So the spacing is so well. And if you have a team like the Rockets, where, you know, they're known for having lots of shooters, any Mike D'Antoni team is going to have tons of shooters. So it prevents people from doubling Harden. Because if you double Harden or triple Harden and the floor is spaced out, you can't. Like, that's going to destroy your chances of winning because he's just going to pass to the open man, and that's an easy pass for a player of Harden's caliber. I mean, James has been doing the same thing ever since he got to Miami. I remember he was the first time, the first person that made me even realize about um, the effectiveness of spacing. He was like, yeah, I like to have Chris Bosh there so I can spread the floor and have the paint clear. You know, I grew up in the NBA during the 90s thinking, what do you mean paint clear? Just drive in. Kobe had Shaq, just drive in. Jordan had Luke Longley and... Uh, Dennis Rodman paint just drive in. Iverson had Jesus, <laughs> nobody in paint. <laughs> the Kembe Mutombo, who was a power forward, was it Otis Thorpe? Oh, I don't think it was Otis Thorpe. Oh man, that's because I'm clutch great. Who was that power forward? Let me know. Send me an email or a comment section. Whatever this podcast stuff worked. But uh, who was the power forward on those 2001 Sixers teams? I know they had Aaron McKee at guard or small forward, and they had Eric Snow. At point guard, who was the power four on that team? Either way, I can tell you he wasn't shooting threes. I can tell you that. So Iverson's had driving. So anyway, that was the first time I heard, heard of spacing. So then when you have an era where everybody's spaced out, you can't double because it's a pass to open man. And not is it going to be a catch-and-shoot two-pointer. It's going to be a catch-and-shoot three-pointer. You didn't have this back in 2006 when uh, Kobe's best teammates was what? Kwame Brown, Chris Mim, Lamar Odom's on that team, Sasha Vujicic, Smush Parker. I mean, they, they were doubling and tripling this man like crazy just to try and slow him down by any means, but he was still averaging 35 points. Um, and to give you some perspective of how good he would be if he played with this era or played on a team that had a lot of shooters and the floor was spaced, um, the reason why Kobe scored 81 points in, in that game, the funny thing is, is that going into that game, and General Rose will tell you this, this is where I heard this story. The coach, for some reason, I forget, I forget the name of the coach of the Raptors at that time, but the coach said, for some reason, his strategy for that game was, I'm not going to double Kobe. 
<laughs> he said, like, that was what he said. He said, I'm not going to double his strategy because there was this misconception saying that Kobe would shoot himself out of a game, which was just false because five-time NBA champion, seven-time finals appearances. So, but some people believe it. I, I don't know who started it. I mean, but um, anyway, I guess this coach was one of those people that believed this, that eventually he will cool off and he wasn't going to double. So that was probably like the only game all year where he wasn't doubled and he scored 81 points. Also got another funny story about 81 point game. Um, I'm a huge fan of fantasy basketball. I've been playing a fantasy basketball league with a bunch of friends from college and high school since 2006. And um, I had Kobe Bryant every single year on my team until he retired. And back in those days, you know, we didn't have the Lakers game because I live on the East Coast back in then 2006. I was in Maryland. And so I would like re refresh the like box score to see um, how many points the like my uh, fantasy basketball team had. So um, the Lakers game starts. So I'm hitting the box score. And I kid you not, each time I hit the refresh button, this is the beginning of the game. Refresh, F5. Kobe has two. Hit refresh again, four. Refresh again, six. Refresh again, eight. After that, I was like, oh, Kobe's going to score 100 points. But then I fell back and said, oh, no, 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 no. Phil has to rest them. Uh, he'll probably score 80. So I like to say that I called the 81-point game in the first quarter. <laughs> I don't know if anybody else can say that. Oh, man, what else do we have? I hear this show, how he's underrated. Oh, a lot of people don't talk enough about um, the 08 Olympics. At that time, he was still the best player in the league. Um, the United States basketball team didn't embarrass themselves by losing in the Olympics games. They got the bronze medal, so they lost um, in 2004 because the team were just too young. They have a lot of veterans, so they had him on there to, you know, to be the leader and take the tough shots down the stretch, which he did. Uh, give me a second. Drink this water. Also, I feel like there's this notion in sports that once a team wins a championship, it's like, I feel like it's seen back on history that like nothing could have prevented them from, from, from winning. And then after watching the Last Dance documentary, like, yeah, sure, Jordan was Jordan, we all know, um, excellent player, best of all time. But like, in the 98 uh, season, they could have easily lost to the Pacers. They could have easily lost to the Jazz, not even just in that season, against the Suns. The Suns were a great team. I got to do something on that. They could have easily lost to the Suns, too. So it's not like Jordan, you know, he's obviously his team was very, very good, had a lot of talent on his team, but it's not like they were wiping out the competition like the KD Warriors, you know. It wasn't that stacked. So, you know, to take this focus back to Kobe Bryant and the Lakers, I've been watching this man play basketball almost every single game since 2004. So I was like, all he needs is another all-star, and they're ready to win a ship or a chip with the team they have now. So once they traded for Pau Gasol, I was like, we're going to the finals. The Spurs aren't going to do nothing. The Suns aren't going to do nothing. I was so excited because they're finally going to get revenge against the Suns. Spurs aren't going to do nothing. Suns aren't going to do nothing. Nuggets aren't going to do nothing. Only team I was worried about back then that season was Boston because they just formed that big three. And people were saying at that time, even Stephen A. Smith, if you go back, picked the Nuggets to beat the Lakers in the Western Conference Finals. I was like, dude, these, these people just not know, not know how good this guy was. All you need is another all-star, and it was great that it was a front-court player that can help out Kwame and Chris Mim get the rebounds and put it back back up. That's all you needed for this team to become truly contenders. They go there to the 08 Finals. They lost. You know, <laughs> uh, Andrew Bynum was hurt and didn't even play in that series, <laughs> which nobody says. So they lost, whatever, and L's L, then they come back, 
against the uh, Magic in 2009, uh, Magic won because KG was hurt that, that year throughout the, the postseason. So the Magic were able to go to the finals. They took out the um, the Orlando Magic for four games to one. And then the year after that, 2010, you know, it was a rematch of 08 finals, Lakers versus Boston. Lakers win in seven games. Everybody's healthy, except for, um, of course, Kobe Bryant's banged up finger and all that stuff and banged up knee. But hey, you know, you know, <laughs> the W is the W. Um, some other stats that you guys may also know about. I already said he's fourth time of scoring. He has the most game-winning shots in NBA history. Um, I remember him the most, not so much for the buzzer beaters and game-winning shots, of course, but also I remember him just down the stretch, like the last five minutes of a tight game, hitting jumpers to be like, okay, now we're only down by two, or now we're tied up, or now we're up by two, or we're up by three. Hitting those jumpers so constantly just to keep teams in the game especially during the 06 and the 07 season so that about wraps it up this is my first episode of the clutch leather subs podcast all right Clutch signing out peace it was fun